welcome, folks, to the Catholic Foodie Show on Breadbox Media. I'm your host, Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie. I've got an exciting show for you today. I'm, I'm very excited about this, actually. I've got uh, a friend of mine, Daniel Schumacher, is joining me on the show today. Uh, he is the editor-in-chief of Louisiana Cooking Magazine, and we have a lot of good things to talk about uh, today. He's got some upcoming events, one in particular that we're going to talk about, Chefs to Watch, so uh, stay tuned for that. We're also going to talk about their first cookbook, the first cookbook of Louisiana Cooking Magazine. It's uh, primarily about seafood. You're going to love it. It's seasonal. It's awesome. About 75 recipes in that book. Fantastic. And we're going to talk about uh, this magazine, uh, Louisiana Cooking. Uh, I love this magazine. Lots of uh, fresh food ideas, recipes in the magazine. And backstory, too. Stories about restaurants, chefs, and, uh, and, and recipes, where we get our food and our food ideas from. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about Daniel. You know, he is an enthusiastic eater and seasoned home cook. Uh, Daniel Schumacher is constantly on the lookout for unique stories, delicious recipes, and food trucks, believe it or not. Uh, he began his career as a food writer and editor in New York City. He's not from uh, New Orleans. Uh, in New York City, uh, working with nationally renowned teams at Food Arts and Gourmet Magazine, uh, before moving down south to join the food department at Cottage Living in Birmingham, Alabama. When, uh, when the magazine, uh, Cottage Living, uh, was shuttered in the fall of 2008, Daniel had already fallen in love with the South. So he remained in Birmingham as a columnist for Birmingham Magazine, where he was charged with highlighting up-and-coming restaurants and finding interesting beers. Not a bad job. Uh, Daniel can make a roux. He shucked his fair share of oysters and has a deep abiding love of the Trinity, which is what we have down here in South Louisiana. We call uh, onions, bell peppers, and celery uh, the Trinity. It, it's the basis of a lot of our Cajun and Creole dishes. Daniel says that uh, Louisiana's, Louisiana's uplands, uh, bayous, and Gulf Shores captivate me, and I look forward to searching its parishes for authentic flavors, sharing the stories behind a great recipe chef or restaurant is my passion. And Daniel's going to share some of that passion with us today as we talk about Louisiana Cooking Magazine and uh, also the new book and uh, an event that's coming up on Monday called Chefs to Watch. You don't want to miss this, folks. You don't want to miss this. Uh, and I'm going to spend the majority of the show is going to be with this interview with Daniel. And I'll come back toward the end and, and wrap it up. But uh, thank you for listening to the Catholic Foodie Show. And uh, without further ado, let's jump right in. Ah, I, I got to tell you, I'm just so excited to uh, have the show on the road today. I'm at the uh, the, the home office here for Louisiana Cooking Magazine, and uh, it's great to be down in the city. It's great to be here with my friend, Daniel Shoemaker. How you doing, Daniel? Doing very well, thank you. And, Thanks for coming. Well, hey, it's my, my pleasure, and uh, we're gonna be talking about uh, a lot of good Louisiana cuisine today. Uh, I know you've got some uh, events coming up in the very near future that uh, I think people are gonna be interested in hearing about. And you also have a, a cookbook that's out, but before we get into all of that, I wanna hear a little bit more about you. And, uh, and about this magazine, Louisiana Cooking Magazine. Are you from New Orleans? No, I was born on Long Island in New York and uh, started coming to New Orleans about 10 years ago. And, you know, just like a lot of people who love food, um, every time I came back, I got harder and harder to go home. <laughs> so you think there's something different here in New Orleans than from uh, other places in the country? Is it, it stand out? 
there is definitely something different here in Louisiana, uh, and, and particularly in New Orleans. Um, you know, it's it's the people, it's the ingredients, it's the place, it's the traditions. I mean, it's really every possible thing to do with food. Yeah, and it's 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 like the food typically tends. To, I mean, down here really is the the centerpiece of a lot of what we do. Uh, a lot of the events, uh, it kind of dictates life. I, I was talking to some folks yesterday and uh, he was just, this one gentleman was just chuckling. He's like, you know, I mean, this happened just the other day, just the other day. He says, I was, we were at breakfast on Sunday talking, you know, just having breakfast, enjoying ourselves, talking and, and, and my wife and, and kids are talking about what we're going to be eating for dinner. You know, and it, it seems like it's it's always somehow or another. It's always about the food. <laughs> it is, and it, it, it's passion. Like everyone here is so passionate about great ingredients and finding the the best gumbo and the best jambalaya. I mean, whenever you ask anyone, it's it's their mama. Like their of mama course. makes the best of gumbo. Of course, of course. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, even people who say they don't like food love it. They'll they'll talk to you for forty five minutes about it. <laughs> Uh, roast beef po' boy. <laughs> well, that's the thing I find. I find that uh, if we're not eating good food, we're talking about it, you know? And, and and food plays such a big part in our family lives and our cultural lives down here, so much so that uh, that we even have, like, magazines dedicated to our food and to Louisiana uh, cuisine. You want to tell us a little bit about uh, this magazine, Louisiana Cooking? Sure thing. Louisiana Cooking has been around since 1998. Uh, and it's, it's, of course, it's grown quite a bit since then. It's a 100-page bi-monthly magazine that's distributed very heavily throughout Louisiana and the Gulf South, but also is available nationally on, on larger newsstands. Um, our website and Facebook page are really popular, so even if you can't find our magazine on the newsstand, you can, you can check out some of our stuff there and even order back issues or subscribe and you have a lot of uh, a lot of good recipes also um i mean in the magazine of course but but also on on the website and uh and you share them on facebook too yes we share a lot of recipes on facebook and because of all those passionate people they all share them <laughs> a lot too <laughs> well that's what i find i mean people love recipes you know, and I'm sure that there are a few that, uh, whether it's on the website or Facebook or whatever, that you, you find that people, they gravitate toward, you know, a handful of them maybe or one or two in particular that just, for whatever reason, really grab people's attention. Uh, have you found that to be the case? Oh, definitely. You know, over four years ago when I started, we had 8,000 followers on our Facebook page. Mm. And over time, I learned that our followers love shrimp. Yeah. They love crab. Basically, any of the terrific Louisiana seafood that we have, mm-hmm. shrimp, crab, oysters, if we post something with a big, beautiful shrimp on it, oh, yeah. people go crazy. Yeah. And the good thing about that, too, because I know that the, the magazine has a distribution all over the place, not just Louisiana. And uh, it's important because we're spoiled down here. I mean, right here on the Gulf, we've got fresh seafood at our disposal all the time. It's not that way uh, across the country. And so if, if, uh, if you're you wanting to share a recipe for shrimp, as an example, you may have some folks up in the, the, the northern part of the country who would like to make this recipe. They don't get the fresh shrimp, but they can get the frozen shrimp. You know, these things are available um, packaged. It's true. And one thing that we really try to uh, focus on uh, is using great products. Mm-hmm. Um, Louisiana shrimp, for example, are uh, can be frozen and shipped throughout the country. CajunGrocer.com 
does a great job of shipping uh, fresh and frozen products. Uh, so we send our readers there a lot. Some, some of our farther flung readers mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. pretty often because the the flavor is totally different. I mean, you, you don't have uh, the chemically taste. You don't have the iodine. It's just fresh and sweet and with great texture. Mm-hmm. And it's tough. It is tough. I know that, uh, you know, getting fresh seafood, even here, I have um, a, a lot of shrimpers as an example. They'll use the, um, what do they call it? The the individually flash frozen, right? Yeah. IF, IQF, I IQF, think. IQF, I believe, uh, as a method of, of shipping the, the, the shrimp. So once they get them on board, they freeze them almost immediately. Um, but from what I've heard, and I've talked to, to a few different uh, 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 seafood market uh, owners, it, it does preserve the freshness of, of these shrimp. So it's not as if they have been out and then frozen at some later point in time to preserve them and then they're thawed out. It's not that at all. It's, it's an almost an immediate process. It's true. I mean, with, with shrimp and, and other types of seafood too, uh, the IQF frozen product can taste better than something that wasn't frozen at all. Right. Right. Which is just mind boggling yeah. to me, you know, <laughs> well, it goes back to the thing too, with uh, the R month myth, you know, and I've, I've talked about this the last few years on, on the radio show, typically when, you know, there's some kind of big event is coming up with the oysters, but I grew up hearing that, you know, you, you can only eat oysters in months that have an R in them because they're typically the colder months. Uh, but if you look at it, from a standpoint of, of uh, well, science, you know, the, that whole thing had to do with refrigeration. And it was more of the shipping of oysters from, from once they were harvested to wherever they were going, that's where they were having a problem with oysters going bad. Uh, nowadays, with refrigerated shipping and everything else that we have, it's, it's not that big of a deal. You could eat oysters year-round if you wanted to. Exactly. And actually, when you eat oysters year round, you get more of an appreciation for the differences in mm-hmm. their flavor and texture mm-hmm. throughout the year. Yeah, I remember, I think it was this past, uh, it may have been this past summer that you know, they have an oyster festival is actually in June. <laughs> and people are saying, this doesn't make any sense. It's like, well, it, it, it does, because uh, we can eat oysters in June. There's no R in there, but uh, still, they're good. So that's uh, it's an important thing to remember. And getting fresh seafood, I have used a Cajun grocer, by the way, to, to ship to, to friends who are way far out, you know, and uh, they, they did excellent work. So if anybody is interested in ordering fresh seafood, you can uh, go to, to CajunGrocer.com. Uh, so you, you mentioned shrimp as one of the, uh, the things that, that folks really resonate with, they really enjoy, they really like. Is there a recipe uh, perhaps that you would classify as uh, an in-demand recipe? You know, one of the most surprising popular recipes that we've ever had on louisianacooking.com or our Facebook is a recipe for spaghetti squash shrimp scampi. <laughs> and I, we, we published this for the first time about three years ago, so I can't really remember the thought process behind uh-huh. it. Uh, because when you look at it, at face value, you have beautiful Louisiana shrimp. Right. You have some Louisiana Italian influence and spaghetti squash. Yeah. <laughs> and it, every time we post it, it just goes absolutely bonkers. Wow. Well, I wonder, I wonder if some of it has to do with the fact that, uh, uh, you know, health conscious people who are, who are trying to find an alternative to, to pasta, to, to something that's going to, you know, like carbs and, 
Uh, they're trying to go, was it not necessarily even carb free, but trying to cut down on them. And spaghetti squash is uh, you know, one of the few options you've got. You know? It's true. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't call this a, a health food right, recipe. Yeah. But, uh. <laughs> well, there are not many health food recipes down here in Louisiana. <laughs> I, I try to manage my portion size because right. I don't want to right. cut back on the butter or the cream. That's right. I'm with you. What was it? Uh, it's a quote from, uh, I can't remember now. Was it Julia Child who talked about being something about being afraid of butter? Like, don't be afraid. If you're, if you're afraid of butter, use cream. I think so. <laughs> something like that, you know? That's great. Uh, but, I, you know, the flavor's in the fat. That's where the flavor comes from. And I'm, I'm a big proponent of, of you know, if you're going to do it, do it right. Um, and it's really hard to, to cut out all the essentials and then try to make a dish. It's you know? true. And I, I think sometimes when you do try to cut back on the fat, I mean, the, you've got fat, salt, and sugar. And those three things are what people have uh, evolved to uh, look for right, uh, in, in right. good tasting food. And I think that if you end up cutting back one, you end up bumping up another to make it taste more appealing. Right. Yeah. And so you, you kind of shoot yourself in the foot either way. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I, uh, I actually, I, I gave up sugar, uh, about a month or so ago and, uh, I did, I love ice cream and cheesecake and chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> I could go on. I could go on. Uh, but I, I just found that, uh, I wasn't feeling great, you know, and I, I decided to give up sugar and it's really hard to do. Like you can't cut it out 100% because sugar is in so many things, you know. But as far as any kind of sugar that I would add, like like adding it to something I'm cooking or, um, you know, making cookies or eating ice cream, all that stuff I kind of cut out. And I was amazed. Like in two weeks I lost 10 pounds. Wow. You know, which is crazy. It must. It means I must have been eating a lot of sugar. <laughs> but, you know, and I feel better overall. Um and it's tough, you know, it's tough to make those kind of decisions, you know, but, but for, for health reasons, sometimes we, we have to do that. I have, I will say this, I will say that uh, last week I was uh, doing a, a radio show at a local restaurant um, at uh, Belize, uh, Chef Justin de Villiers' uh, new new uh, restaurant down in, uh, this would be in the warehouse district, would you say? Is that That's what right? I'd call it. It's, the warehouse I'm always district. a little bit confused by a few block radius. Either, right, it's right around there. But right. He brought out some oysters for us to try and a few other things, but he brought out a couple of desserts and I told him before, I, I saw the desserts come out and I was like, well, this is kind of a sacrifice, you know, because I gave up sugar, but I, I'm a, I'll take it for the team. You know, I'll, I'll go ahead and try it. But the, the truth is, is it really was nice to be able to have a bite of this and to taste it and not feel like I had to eat the whole thing. Exactly. You know? So it could be the same thing with the, uh, the, the spaghetti squash uh, shrimp scampi. And uh, I'm sure it's got a little, how much butter does that have in it? Let's see, it has, uh, it only has eight tablespoons of butter. Oh, that, that's um, conservative. That's and, <laughs> and a half cup of heavy whipping cream. Oh, I love it, I love it. But, yeah, uh, yeah. And that's good. And that's where you're going to get your flavor. That's fantastic. So, and I, I love, um, and, and this recipe, by the way, is in uh, the book. Um, there's a, a new cookbook that was released. And I think we're coming up, we, ha we have a, just a, about a minute or so before our break. But uh, when we come back from the break, I do want to talk about this. The title of the book is uh, Louisiana de Mer. De Mer, yeah. Uh, which is a seasonal seafood recipes. We'll be talking about that. And uh, again, you want to just uh, give our listeners um, 
where they could find Louisiana Cooking Online, the, the website, Facebook, and all that? Sure thing. You can find Louisiana Cooking Online at louisianacooking.com, and that's cooking without the G. Uh, we're on Facebook at Louisiana Cooking, and on Twitter at Cookin' Louisiana. Somebody awesome. beat us to the punch Somebody on that one. Somebody beat you to the punch, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's Twitter. You never know. But, you never uh, know what you're going to get. <laughs> but you can also uh, purchase back issues and subscribe at hoffmanmediastore.com. Okay. All right. Cool. Awesome. Well, we are going to take a break, and we'll be back in just a minute. Don't go away. Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show. I'm talking today with Daniel Shoemaker of uh, Louisiana Cooking Magazine. Uh, it's just it's great to be here, Daniel, to be with you again. I know we've uh, we've done radio stuff together a couple times now uh, for the Around the Table Food Show in, in New Orleans and Baton Rouge. It's always uh, always a lot of fun to, to talk with you about Louisiana food. You, because of the position you're in, you really do have your finger on the pulse of what's going on in uh, in New Orleans and beyond. I do try to eat as often as I can, yeah. as many different places as I can. Well, I tell you, I, I engage with y'all uh, on uh, Facebook and, and Twitter, and uh, so I like to see that. You know, you just happen to be out at lunch at a particular place, and you, you share where you are. And, you know, I, I mean, I know, I do know a lot of chefs here in the city, and I know that they really do appreciate the fact that, you know, Louisiana Cook and me, I do this when I'm out, uh, other people share uh, good things about their restaurants. I mean, it's um, we live in a community, and I think you really get a sense of that when you are in New Orleans. There's so many restaurants in the city, uh, and not chain restaurants, but just you know, locally owned businesses, uh, and real chefs, real people who have a passion for what they do, and they they pour themselves into what they do, and to have uh, positive feedback and people really sharing the good things that they find, especially today, I think, on the internet, um, it, it really is uh, very much appreciated. Have you found that to be so? Definitely. You know, the posting on social media is one of uh, my favorite parts of the job. You know, it, it's a really easy way for us to share foods that we love and show our readers something exciting and new. Um, and because we're around New Orleans and South Louisiana, most of our social media coverage is there. Mm -hmm. But just a few weeks ago, I was traveling up to Shreveport and I was just overwhelmed with the positive response that we got from our Shreveport posts. Oh, wow. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. Cause we got, you know, people who love good food all over the place, you know? Um, it was interesting cause I think recently I saw you post something about Chef Ron's, uh, gumbo shop, a gumbo stop. And, uh, I, I remember, goodness gracious, it's been a, a few months back. I had never eaten there. So there's so many restaurants in New Orleans. I haven't eaten at all of them, you know, and it's, it's hard. I don't, I don't think I ever could eat at all of them, but, uh, that was one that was on my list. I, I try to, I do have a list and I do try to hit places when I can. It was a couple of months back and, uh, I was in, in town for a meeting and I said, well, I'm, I'm just going to go see Chef Ron, you know, and, and we had worked on a project together a, a couple of years ago, I believe the, uh, 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 chef's aid for the Philippines, um, that project. And anyway, I stopped in and not just once, but twice in about a two week period because I had meetings back to back and was able to try the, the cat, no, the fried chicken on one occasion, which I heard was just like the best. And I loved it. It was great. And then of course I had to have gumbo, you know, so I made two different trips there, but I, I like to do that. And I, I find that, uh, you, when I reach out to chefs as people, 
as real people that uh, they're not only there to to respond to me, but they're also just so appreciative of of the gesture. And uh, I think that's a good thing to keep in mind for all of us, you know. And uh, speaking of which, I mean, we're going to talk about something now that is uh, new, I believe, on Louisiana Cookin's um, uh, table, which is a, a cookbook. This is your first cookbook. Just came out, huh? This is our first cookbook. Uh, Louisiana Demare came out this spring, just in time for the peak seafood season of the summer. And it has about 75 recipes uh, that we've run throughout the years in the magazine, ranging from really uh, quick and easy things like marinated crab claws to some things that take a little bit longer but are totally worth the wait. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I know and it's not, I mean, it's, it's the, the summertime has kind of waned here on us, uh, but that doesn't mean the cookbook is, is irrelevant. We still have tons of things in here that would be particular. It would be good for, for this time of the year and then even coming into uh, winter and, uh, and, and back into spring. Um, I actually have a, a copy. Thank you very much. I have an extra copy to uh, to give away uh, to someone. And, and, and you know, if you're listening right now, I will uh, toward the end of the show. I will share with you how you can win a copy of this cookbook. So, are there uh, any recipes in here that you would like to share with us today? Of course. Well, first we we organized the book because seafood is such a, a year round uh, treat here mm-hmm. in Louisiana. We organized the book uh, according to Louisiana seasons. It starts off with carnival season, moves into Lent, and just it highlights the the dishes and the types of seafood that are really just the best that time of year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I love that. I love that it starts with carnival season because, you know, folks, carnival season starts January 6th. I just got to say this, you know, if you're not from, from down here in Louisiana, uh, South Louisiana, you know, the King's Day, uh, traditionally the the feast day of Epiphany, known, known also as King's Day, is January 6th. Here in the United States, uh, the U.S. bishops have moved that to typically the closest Sunday. Uh, but King's Day is when the carnival season kicks off. It's really the whole rationale behind what we know as the king cake. And uh, so we do a lot of king cakes. During, I don't know what I'm going to do this year if I give up sugar it's going to be kind of tough but uh well i i do have an idea for you <laughs> was there that? if you if you make it over to new orleans there is a place called breads on oak uh-huh. and they make an all-natural organic king cake really so they they really cut down all of like as much of the artificial stuff as they can get wow they use natural colorings it's and it's a really good king cake. Oh wow! I will I will keep that in mind. That's going to have to go on my list. Yeah, and even just a bite or two. You don't have to. You can share. Right. You can that's right. Spread the king cake joy. That's right, and that's <laughs> important. I do I do encourage that. You know to uh, to to share to invite people over to eat. You know a lot of my a lot of the recipes over at CatholicFoodie.com. I mean I, I I write what I know and I cook what I know and I, I cook for a family of five. You know now a family of six. Only the the baby doesn't eat real food yet. Um, you know, so for a family of five, that's typically what my recipes are and you can always cut back or, or whatever, but I always encourage folks, especially like on a weekend when you have time at home and you're going to cook, do it, do it, you know, cook a lot and, and invite people over, you know, cause it's really all about that family and, and about community and, uh, friends and family are, are where it's at down here. Um, so, okay, cool. We're talking about carnival time. We're talking about uh, the contents, how you have this laid out across uh, the different um, seasons here in uh, Louisiana. And is there, is there any recipe in here that jumps out that you'd like to share with us? Well, one of my favorites and one of the 
one of our readers' favorites are uh, the crawfish bread bites. Ooh. Those are in the Lent chapter. I mean, of course, they crawfish bread is a jazz fest favorite and a festival food favorite around Louisiana. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a little bit different. Um, it's a it's an open faced uh, French bread loaf that's hollowed out a little bit and stuffed with a uh, delightfully cheesy crawfish stuffing. Oh wow! Oh, I love that. I know that uh, crawfish bread is definitely a, um, well, uh, what's the word? Kind of a delectable, decadent sort of. (laughs) For a lot of people, it's comfort food. It is. It really is comfort food. I think it's that cheesy kind of, you know, crawfishy. Oh, so good. That is so good. And that was, um, I'm going to ask you what page that's on in case I have a. It is on page 53. Page 53. I was almost there. Oh man, so so that's gonna have I see butter, onion, uh, green bell pepper, uh, garlic, tomatoes, crawfish. Gotta have the crawfish. Gotta have the crawfish. Uh, white cheddar cheese, sharp white cheddar cheese, Parmesan cheese, uh, salt, black pepper, and 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 French bread. Ooh, that's good. And it seems like it's a, a relatively easy uh, process to, to make. It's not like a big complex uh, recipe. It is. It, it'll take you longer to warm up your oven than get the rest of the recipe together. Oh, see, that's that's something easy. That's easy. Now, let me ask you this, because I, I have gotten people, when I've shared about, I've got a recipe for crawfish bread on, on catholicfoodie.com, and I've, I always get people who ask this question, or not even ask a question, they, they toss out an accusation <laughs> about don't mix cheese with seafood. You know, have you, where does that come from? Cause I know down here, I mean, that's, we do it all the time. I, I've never personally heard that. Mm-hmm. I mean, while I think it makes sense in, in a lot of cases, uh, not to mix cheese and seafood, you know, I, I think that, uh, that rules like that should be, like, we don't need to be so strict, right? If things right. taste good together, we should eat them together. I think so. I think so. I mean, there's a lot of things that we, even from uh, char grilled oysters, you know, where you're going to put cheese on the oysters. Uh, I mean, there's just so many different things that we do. My, my mother in law makes a, I think she calls it a seafood delight. And it's at Christmas time every year. And it's, I don't even know if I can describe what it is, other than it's got a lot of fresh seafood in it and it's kind of got a white uh, cream sauce. That's part of it. But it's something that is more like a casserole. I think a seafood casserole that would go into the oven, it's cooked. I love it. It's great. It's decadent, but it is really, really good. And I'll have a, you know, a nice little small portion of that. And I, I suppose the rationale could be that if you're using really beautiful seafood like we have here in Louisiana, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily want to cover it up with cheese. Right. Right. I mean, and, and that's that's true. I mean, right. It's it's very true um, because cheese can kind of hijack a dish, but I mean, who doesn't love melted cheese? Well, it's, it's kind of like you said, comfort food. I think that's, I mean, macaroni and cheese probably tops the, the list of comfort food for a lot of people. And, and this is along the same lines with a little extra kick. Indeed. And the, <laughs> uh, a few weeks ago, you emailed me about our crawfish macaroni and cheese. Oh yeah. And I believe that is in the book as well. It's crawfish with andouille and let's see. Oh, yes, there's a crawfish yeah, page, macaroni. Page 64. Yeah. So this crawfish macaroni and cheese topped with breadcrumbs. Like you said, it's 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 comfort food. Oh, if, yeah. Oh, yeah. If, if you want something that'll make you feel good instantly, mm. this is about it. It's got mozzarella, cheddar cheese, Parmesan, Gruyere, Gouda, Fontina. Oh, wow. Just about every cheese. Just how, walk how down not? the grocery store aisle and just <laughs> put all the cheeses. That's right. Put them all right there in your basket, you know. 
You're listening to The Catholic Foodie Show on Red Box Media with me, your host, Jeff Young. we got to take a break. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to The Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host of The Catholic Foodie. We're talking today with Daniel Schumacher of Louisiana Cooking Magazine. And let's get right back to that conversation. Well, I remember this is going back probably a year or so ago. I had a great conversation uh, on the Around the Table Food Show with uh, Chef Matt Murphy. And we're talking about, you know, restaurants and menus and all the the different restaurants we have here in New Orleans. And Chef Matt made a comment. It was something along the lines of, you know, you can talk to all these different chefs, different restaurants. Some of them have have just phenomenal menus, but they're all going to look at you and tell you that their number one seller, whatever it is on their menu essentially it's just going to be the comfort food thing. Whatever that item is, that's going to be their number one seller. And, uh, which is just such an interesting thing. I, I, I don't know why. I mean, there's something about perhaps childhood, you know, it reminds you of home. And uh, even as adults, we, we really need that. <laughs> so we like that comfort food, you know. Well, I like this too, the crawfish macaroni and cheese. That's fantastic. Now, we, we, we've talked about some of our less traditional dishes, but the the book also has uh, a couple of really wonderful Louisiana uh, mainstays. Um, we have a few recipes from uh, Marcel Bienvenu, mm-hmm. um, and one of them is her uh, Papa's Bula Base, and that is a tomato-based uh, fish stew that in the winter when it gets a little bit cooler, it's a really wonderful way to uh, bring your whole family and maybe some friends around the table. Oh, I love that. What page is that on? It's on page 140. I believe there are 100, almost 170 pages in the book. And each of the recipes is paired with a beautiful photo. I tell you what, the photography in this thing is amazing. Everything just looks so good. The, uh, the, the, the bouillabaisse, um, it, it, by the way, you know, this, don't be afraid of that term. If you're listening to this and you're not in Louisiana, you're somewhere else and you have limited exposure to, uh, uh, French or to Creole, uh, don't worry about it. Uh, the, the title of the book, Louisiana de Mer, Mer is French for sea. And so it's just about, uh, you know, seafood, right? And, and bouillabaisse, how would you describe a bouillabaisse? A bouillabaisse is a, uh, tomato-based seafood stew. Mm -hmm. Uh, This one in particular has shrimp, crab meat, and uh, redfish fillets in there. Oh, wow. And you you add the seafood at different points so you don't overcook the shrimp. Right. But... uh, It's, it's really, it's not difficult to produce. It's, it's a little bit, it, it takes some time, mm. but you're mostly stirring and tending to it rather than actively cooking. Chopping and doing all the, 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 the legwork there. Yeah. And that's a, that's a tip. Actually, that's a tip that I, uh, I recommend on a number of dishes, uh, particularly gumbos. You know, if you make a, a, a shrimp and okra gumbo, um, in the home cook, I think the mentality typically is you, you add all of your ingredients about the same or whatever they're called for to be added. You just add them all. What I have learned over the years is that uh, I don't like uh, overcooked shrimp. <laughs> and so what I'll do is I have it all prepped. Everything's ready to go. And I will add only the amount of shrimp I need to for that particular serving. Because as I mentioned earlier, 
I cook for five and, and when I do soups, I typically make a lot, a big, big pot because it keeps, you know, I can, I can serve it for a couple of days. I could freeze some and pull it out later on, whatever it may be. But gumbo, especially a seafood gumbo, uh, a shrimp or a shrimp and okra gumbo, I, I don't want to put all the seafood in right then. So I'll just put in enough shrimp to, to cover us because the shrimp cook, it doesn't take any time you know, for the shrimp to cook. And especially a gumbo, I'm using a a, a seafood stock anyway, or a shrimp stock anyway. So I'm not expecting those little shrimp to add a bunch of flavor. Uh, And the shrimp are the thing that's going to cook down well, that and I guess crab meat will, will really cook down a lot, but uh, don't want to don't want to do that. So that's a great tip, great well, tip. And actually, it, with gumbos in specific, when you're cooking that gumbo for the like when you're cooking it down at the end, it's really hot. Oh yeah. And oh, what yeah. you could do is you could turn off the heat, yep. add the shrimp, stir it up, and as you get your plates ready mm-hmm. uh, over those three or four or five minutes, your shrimp are cooked. Yep, yep, they're cooked. We did a. Um, uh, an event, they have an event in, uh, in the Archdiocese of New Orleans called uh, Theology on Tap. And it's, it basically, it typically happens in a bar or restaurant and it's uh, uh, 18 to 35, I think, or 36 year olds um, are invited in. And then they'll have a, um, a guest speaker come and it, sometimes it's been like, you know, Archbishop Amen has done it and, or maybe a priest or it could be a lay person. Like I've, I've spoken at Theology on Tap before. And it's where you're really just trying to, to, to combine, uh, uh, faith in real life and do it in a very relaxed setting. And, uh, there was an event like that in, on the North shore at the Abita brewery, uh, a year or so ago. And my wife and I cooked for it. They, we frequently on the North shore get asked to, to cook, uh, for those kinds of events. And uh, I don't mind doing that. That's something that's doable because it's not like a five-course meal. It's typically a big pot of something. And uh, we did shrimp and okra gumbo. And I remember, you know, you want to make sure if you're serving 80 to 100 people, you want to make sure that everybody gets some shrimp. (laughs) You don't want to run out of shrimp. So I was uh, actually served it. I mean, typically they would serve themselves, but I actually stood back there. We had two pots and we had two servers serving it and making, just kind of counting the shrimp as they came out just to make sure that everybody got shrimp. You know, they came for shrimp and okra gumbo, not okra gumbo. (laughs) So that's good. That's great, great tip there too. You're listening to the Catholic Foodie Show on Redbox Media with me, your host, Jeff Young. We got to take a break. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host of the Catholic Foodie. We're talking today with Daniel Schumacher of Louisiana Cooking Magazine. And let's get right back to that conversation. Well, I think you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to actually, I'm going to list the ones that you have on the website. I'm going to list those on the on on CatholicFoodie.com and put a link to to them to Louisiana Cooking. So anybody who maybe they haven't you know uh, written down any recipes here, that's okay. Uh, they can find them online. I'll, I'll I'll share that with them. But I know we've got uh, just a, f- a few minutes left. I really want to talk about um, you have an event coming up. We've we've got you know about five or six minutes left, but you have uh, an event coming up that I really want to talk about. Terrific. So you want to jump into that? Let's do it. Uh, This coming Monday, October 19th, uh, we are having our Chefs to Watch Awards dinner. The magazine has been uh, recognizing uh, excellent chefs from around the state for the last 14 years. And this year we are honoring six folks. Uh, Three of of them cook in New Orleans and the other three are from around the state. We've got one from Baton Rouge, one from Covington, and one from Lake Charles. So this Monday, they are all coming together for one uh, for one meal at Sakale Restaurant, which is in 
I guess it's also the warehouse district mm-hmm. near the convention center, which is actually owned by um, a chef, a 2014 chef to watch, Cody Carroll. Um, oh, wow. Of Hot Tails in uh, in New Roads, mm-hmm. north I guess northwest of Baton, Baton Rouge. Rouge. Yeah. So we these all these wonderful chefs will be coming together and all uh, producing one course of a six course dinner. Um, some very clever and traditional dishes like uh, an oyster soup from Melissa Martin of the Curious Oyster Company here in New Orleans. A stuffed blue crab uh, from Jeffrey Hansel of Oxlot Nine in, in Covington, uh, seared snapper uh, by David Dickensage of Bin Seventy Seven Wine in Baton Rouge, a braised rabbit from Nick Escoyan who was born in, in Monroe but recently moved to New Orleans to work for John Besh's new restaurant with Kelly Fields and Lisa Marie White, mm-hmm. uh, Willie mm-hmm. Jean Bakery. Right, right. Have you been there yet? I haven't been. You need to go. Um, I'm yeah. dying to go. <laughs> There, there are only so many meals in the day. But I know, I know. It's, yeah. uh, and that's followed by a sirloin of Louisiana beef from David Sorrell's of Restaurant Kala in Lake Charles. And it's finished off with a really beautiful and difficult to describe dessert uh, from pastry chef Blake Abaney, uh, who is from the North Shore originally, but has been cooking at Square Root with uh, Chef to Watch Philip Lopez. Uh, here in New Orleans, he's uh, he's basically making his own interesting molecular play on a spiced, uh, a pumpkin spiced dessert. Oh, wow. So it, it's he calls it Louisiana pumpkin with curry, pecan, and cane syrup. Ooh, that looks good. Like the flavors, like once you can wrap your mind around it, the flavors really seem like they'll work. Yeah, I mean, to me, I I, I don't have a problem with it. I think it sounds great. Um, I've I've experimented with that. You know, there's that whole salty sweet thing kind of going on. You got the 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 cane syrup curry can be kind of a, a, a little spice uh, spicy on the on the tongue with that cane syrup. I I like it. I'd love to try that. <laughs> well, this is amazing. So you have uh, all these different chefs who are going to be together in a kitchen cooking. Wow. Exactly. And, you know, I've spoken with chefs throughout the years and they've all told me that that's their favorite part because they've probably met some of these folks before. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. once you're in the kitchen, you've got the camaraderie of all, of all the all the boiling water and heat and all the, right. <laughs> all that. Burn fingers. And, and, burn fingers. <laughs> and that, that's the thing they really take away from it, like getting to work together and, and making a really special evening. Yeah. Yeah, that that's one of the things that I have noticed over the years, and in doing you know interviewing chefs is that uh, there really is a sense of um, uh, I mean camaraderie or, or brotherhood uh, in the general sense um, uh, among the chefs. You know, um, a, a lot of uh, care and concern for each other uh, that take place um, at least here in, in New Orleans. I know, and I'm, I'm assuming that that would be the same across the the state. You know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of mutual support uh, of, of one another, and it's beautiful to see. You know, that that's something because typically, and I, I remember hearing John Bash talk about this before, where you know, you you typically you would find you would think that chefs are competitors. You know, and in, and in a sense, their restaurants are, but 
it's not un- free, uncommon here in New Orleans to see one chef dining at the restaurant of another chef. You know, that that happens on a regular basis, which is, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing to see. It is. And I think the chefs here in, in Louisiana understand that what everyone wants is a culture of people who dine out. Right. Sometimes you'll dine at my restaurant. Sometimes they'll dine at your restaurant. But overall, they're dining out. Yeah. And that's that's the important part. And they're supporting the industry. <laughs> You know, that's, uh, that's beautiful. So this is going to be Monday night. That's the 19th, you said? Monday the 19th. Monday the 19th. And uh, at Sacolet in New Orleans. Um, I'm looking at some of these uh, hors d'oeuvres that are going to be passed around, too. That looks uh, phenomenal. Duck tongue is unusual. Duck tongue with goat cheese and sweet <laughs> potato grits. And I can't know, wait to try it. You know you're a foodie when you go, wow, I love that. I can't wait to try that. You know what I mean? That's great. Pig's ear, uh, house cultured cream cheese, Creole cream cheese, um, muscadine, pepper jelly, and pickled celery. That sounds very interesting. I wonder how, how the pig's ear would be prepared. You know, I, I'm wondering too. I, I could easily see it. I, I, could, I could see it fried or mm-hmm. stewed. Right. So I, yeah. I, I'll, I'll, let's see. That would be very I, interesting. We, we will see. Yeah. It's, life is an adventure, right? <laughs> and then deviled crab, um, marinated cucumber, smoked paprika, saltines, and uh, Tabasco. Uh, was that Sabayon? Sabayon. Sabayon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Deviled crab is one of the wonderful things on the menu at Sacolay. And if you've not been, it's in the it's in an old cotton mill. Mm, so mm. really tall ceilings, lots of natural light. Wow. Uh, Cody and Sam Carroll um, serve uh, traditional Cajun food, but they also uh, add their own twist to it. They, they have uh, turtle boudin, uh, oh, yeah. a, a really wonderful gumbo, uh, blackened. I think they do a blackened redfish, mm-hmm. uh, which is is a newer entry into the Cajun lexicon, but. Uh, yeah. They do a wonderful job. Have you been there yet? I haven't. It's you on my are. list. <laughs> I've got a big old long list, you know. It's true. that that's. I remember uh, a year ago on my son's birthday, we went to um, uh, Dookie Chase's. And uh, I remember the, the waiter came up, the waiter who, who's probably been there, you know, for a generation or so, you know. And uh, part of his opening speech when he introduced himself was there were, I can't remember now what the count was. It was like 1300 or 1600 something restaurants, but he had it down to the restaurant. And he said, there are this many restaurants in the city. I want to thank you for coming and dining with us today. And I was like, wow. I mean, that's for the first time. I think it really hit me how many there are. So yeah, I do have a very long wish list. I wish it was kind of like the Amazon wish list, you know, where people can buy you stuff and, but that didn't happen. It's just my own little list. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that would work, but it would be nice though. That would be cool. huh? Well, cool. Well, it has been a pleasure, uh, Daniel, to chat with you today about uh, Louisiana Cooking uh, Magazine and, and also the uh, uh, the cookbook, Louisiana de Mer, and then this upcoming event on Monday, Chefs to Watch. Again, how can people interact and find y'all online? There's more information about Chefs to Watch and the magazine at louisianacooking.com. There are a few tickets still available uh, that are also at louisianacooking.com and that's louisiana spelled out the way you'd expect and c-o-o-k-i-n 
dot com. That's right, because we don't do commas on. Uh, no, there, there's our no apostrophes. No apostrophes there on the on the internet. That would be a disaster. Yeah, that'd be crazy. So just Louisiana cooking, no G. Dot com. And uh, awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I, I've, I've really enjoyed talking with you. Thanks for having me back. Oh, you got to taste this. This is, oh, it's got this kind of mm, burning, melty. It's not really a smoky taste. It, it, it's a certain, oh, it, it's kind of like a, you know, it's got like this boom, zap kind of taste. Don't you think? What, what would you call that flavor? Lightning-y? Yeah. It's lightning-y. Oh, we got to do that again. Okay, when the next storm comes, we'll go up on the roof. I know what this needs. Saffron. A little saffron would make this. Saffron. Why do I get the feeling it's, it's in, in the, the kitchen? kitchen. Well, I, I want to thank Daniel again, Daniel Schumacher of uh, Louisiana Cooking, for joining us today on the Catholic Foodie Show. Uh, so exciting. So exciting. Please do go check out Catholic, uh, not Catholic, well, yeah, check out CatholicFoodie.com. Please do. Uh, all the links that we talked about in the show today uh, will be found over at CatholicFoodie.com. But you can remember LouisianaCooking.com. That's not hard. That's not hard. Go visit Daniel over at LouisianaCooking.com. I'm very excited to find out more about and maybe hear from Daniel more about what the uh, the duck tongue and the... <laughs> All the great foods, that that dessert, right? The dessert, the Louisiana pumpkin with the curry and the cane syrup. I, I can't wait to hear more about that. And again, uh, the book, you know, the book, Louisiana de Mer, Louisiana of the Sea, all about seafood, seafood recipes. I actually have an opportunity for you to win a copy of that cookbook. It's going to be a free copy for you. You can win that. How, how can you do that? Well, it's a contest. I'm announcing this little contest here for uh, for this book. And and what do you, let's see, what, what can I have you do to win this? How about this? How about, this is what I want to know. What is your favorite Louisiana recipe? It could be something that you have just heard about and you've never tried it, but always wanted to. It could be something that perhaps if you're not from Louisiana, you're not from uh, you know, South Louisiana, but you, you travel, you come maybe to New Orleans. Uh, maybe you've come before in the past, maybe once, maybe a few times. Maybe you're, you're a business person and you come here maybe once or twice a year uh, just on business. And you have a particular dish that you like to try every time that you're here. I want to know about it. I want to know about it. You can call me and leave me voice feedback. And uh, the number to call is 985-635-4974, 985-635-4974. Your name will go in a hat to win this book. If you can give me some voice feedback. Uh, If you're shy and you don't want to uh, call in and leave a message, which that's all it is. It's a voice feedback line. You call in. 985-635-4974, and you leave me a message. That's all you do, and I can play that here on the show. If you don't want to do that, that's okay. We like shy people, too. We like people, all kinds of people. You can email me at uh, jeff at catholicfoodie.com, and uh, that will count also. Uh, Your name will go in the hat to win this book. Uh, I will announce uh, the winner. Let's see, I'm going to give you a little bit of time to do this, especially because the show, not only does it air on Breadbox Media, but it's also uh, a podcast, right? It is it's archived, and you can find the podcast, all the past podcast episodes, 241 of them, uh, available over at catholicfoodie.com. So I'm going to give you a little bit of time. Let's say next week, 
uh, I'm going for one week. In one week, uh, I will, uh, so that's next Thursday. What is the date on that? I don't know. Monday is the 19th, so uh, we can do the math there. Next Thursday, one week, uh, I will draw out of the hat the name of the winner. So again, a big thank you to, uh, to Daniel for joining me on the Catholic Foodie Show. And folks, I really would. I would love to hear from you. Getting voice feedback is uh, one of the most fun parts of of this uh, of this job and perhaps your favorite Louisiana dishes gumbo. You know, this past week we celebrated. I don't know who the committee is that determines these days, but there was, uh, you know, National Gumbo Day, I believe, was last this past Monday. I don't know who those folks are, but, you know, I love gumbo and uh, and it's a good thing. So, as a matter of fact, I've got a few gumbo recipes over at CatholicFoodie.com. I'm so happy that you uh, joined me today here on the Catholic Foodie Show on Breadbox Media. I'm Jeff Young, your host of the Catholic Foodie. You can find all kinds of good Catholic culinary inspiration to help you grow in faith over at CatholicFoodie.com. And uh, thank you again for being here. Thank you for listening. And uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Until then, bon appétit.